Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway City Church. For more information about Gateway City, you can visit us online at gatewaycitychurch.co. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. All right, all right, all right. Gateway City Church, how are you doing today? Doing well. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. You look good. You sound good whenever you sing. I enjoy I enjoy being just spending some time in worship with you guys every single Sunday, and I'm glad that you are here with us. It's a great day. Uh, hope that hope that your day gets better. Hope that your weekend is just better because because you just spent some time here at church with us this Sunday. Uh, we're in the we're in we're in week we're in the last week, the final week. Uh, of a series that we've been in called Relationship Goals. And let's face it, we all have goals when it comes to the relationships that we're in. And, and, and what I mean like that, we don't, and, not, and not, not the kind of goals where it's like hashtag goals where, you know, you post a picture of, you know, your, your favorite celebrity couple and, you know, I just, I just want my relationship. Not, not, not those kind of goals. Like what we've been talking about is the fact that whenever we enter into a relationship, when we're in a relationship, we go into that relationship with, and we have, we have, our, we have, our, have our hopes and our dreams and our desires that for everything we want that relationship to become or what we think it should be, but one of the things that we've also learned is that whenever we have our hopes and our dreams and desires to the other person in the relationship, if we're not really, really careful, our hopes, dreams, and desires can feel like a lot of expectations that we've put on the other person in the relationship that we're, we're, we're hoping, we're, we're expecting them to deliver for us. Like, here's my hopes and my dreams, like, make them all come true. And, and if we're not careful, those expectations can, man, they can, they can just feel heavy and it can feel like a burden. And so the best couples that we know, like, you know, to kind of, the best couples that we know, they've kind of learned this, this principle to kind of love and to live by this, this principle of, you know, I, we feel like we owe each other everything, but I, but I don't feel like I'm owed anything in return. And, and the best couples we know, they, they also, they understand just really the value of, of, of it's like, this, it's kind of this race to the back of the line. It's like this race to, to see who can serve one another. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago. The Apostle Paul, he wrote, he wrote that, you know, that, that husbands, wives, you are like to submit to one another. And, 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 the, and the best couples we know, they understand the value of what it means to be, to be selfless. To be selfless. And, and, whenever, and whenever both people in a relationship can understand this idea of what it means to be selfless, I mean, like what can take place in and through your relationships like, is, really is, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And so today, what I want to do to kind of close out this series is I want to talk about, I want to talk about probably, quite potentially, like the, the single greatest choice that, that all great couples make is as it pertains to actually having a great relationship. And, and all great couples, they, they make this choice, they make this decision. Sometimes you don't even know you're making the decision. Sometimes it feels like, like a reaction or, or a or just an emotion or a response to a particular situation, but but all great couples really know that it's it's not actually it's not actually a response, it's not a reaction to something, it's actually a choice and a decision that you make. And all great couples make this decision, and this decision is the it's the key. It, it really is, it's the key to to every great relationship. And it's this decision, it's this choice that couples make over and over and over and over every single day whether you even realize that you're making it or not so so this great decision that that we make on a regular basis over and over and over that leads to just a great relationship like so where like what's so like what's like what's this choice that really just kind of makes all the difference 
Well, today in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is where we're going to be, so if you've got Bibles or you've got a phone or a tablet, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is, like the Apostle Paul tells us, this, 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 this book of like 1 and 2 Corinthians, this, this is a letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to, to a church in the city of Corinth. It's, it's, it's why we call it the book of Corinthians, because Paul wrote this to a church in the city of Corinth. And, and really, as he's writing this letter, he's writing this letter to to the Gentiles there in that church. And whenever you hear the phrase Gentiles in the Bible, it's just really a, a word that just describes just non-Jewish people. So, you know, you have Jewish people, then you have Gentiles who are, who are non-Jewish people. And these non-Jewish people, these Gentiles, are really just trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus. And, and so Paul is really just spending a lot of time in, in, the first, in the first portion of this letter, in this book, just really helping, helping people to understand what it really means to follow Jesus. And Paul is basically telling them, listen, if you want to follow Jesus, what it means to actually follow Jesus, it means that you know, everything you've kind of known about religion up to this point, like, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kind of shift our perspective on it. And, and really, like, if you want to live a life that pleases God and that, and that honors God, you know, obviously, yes, you've got this relationship between you and God that kind of goes vertically, this vertical faith. But if you really want to please God, your faith, your faith can't just be this vertical relationship that you, without, without actually, like, having in place a horizontal faith. Meaning, meaning, that, meaning that in the same way that God loves you, in the same way that God treats you, you've also in turn got to, got to treat everybody, everybody that you come in contact with with the same love that, that God has displayed and God has, God has loved you with. So the same way that God's loved you, you have to love other people in the same way. And so it's this, it's this, it's this vertical relationship with God, yes, that we continually invest in and, you know, because we all want to grow in our relationship with God, but, but really the thing, the thing that really is the, is the, the best display to other people that you actually love God and that you honor God and you want to honor God with everything he's called you and created you to do, it, it really is a matter of, of how you express that same love to other people around you. And, and, and really, and, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what we have to understand is that, is that this is a really popular chapter of the Bible. It's Oftentimes it's called the love chapter, and, and maybe, maybe you know, you've, you've been at weddings where you've heard portions of this scripture read, or, or maybe if you're married, you had portions of the scripture read, or you, you quoted this in your vows. I've, I've used this passage of scripture in, in weddings that I've officiated, and it's great because in this passage of scripture, what Paul describes about, about love, it, it's exactly what we need to exemplify in really all of our relationships. But really, oftentimes, oftentimes we, there's, there's some misunderstanding, there's a misconception about, about this particular passage of Scripture because, you know, apart from its context, it really just, just kind of seems like this, this poem of love and it's this hymn of love. But what we have to remember is that whenever Paul was writing this letter to the people in the, in, in the, in the city of Corinth, in this church, like there's a lot of issues going on within the Corinthian church. And so, like, Paul is really just addressing a lot of issues within this church. I mean, like, this, this church, there's a lot of issues. Like, man, there's, uh, there people are abusing spiritual gifts. They're, they're, they're envious of other people's gifts. And, and there's a lot of impatience with, with one another. And there's a, there's a lot of jealousy going on. And, and there's a lot of sexual immorality taking place within the church. And Paul is like, I mean, you guys are just getting this wrong. And Paul, so whenever Paul writes these words about, about what what love is really meant to be i mean 
yeah, it's what we need to exemplify. But whenever Paul writes this, like this is this is really, really real. It's raw. It's gritty. And all of it makes sense. All of it makes sense. But if I'm going to be really, really honest, there's a kind of for 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 quite a while, there's always been this this phrase in there that Paul describes in regard to just love and that just that it makes sense. But it's really difficult to wrap your mind and your heart around. It's really difficult to live out. It even seems a little bit naive. But, but in that particular phrase that we're going to look at in just a moment, it's actually the secret. It's actually the key to the choice that every great couple makes in regard to having a great relationship. So let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, and we're going to read through, through verse 7. And this is what Paul writes. Paul writes, he says, If I speak in the languages of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. Paul is saying that, listen, like, you know, within, within, their, within their religious experience, within their worship services, they would, you know, they would, they, would, they, would, they would speak in other languages and, you know, as a part of their religious experience. And Paul's like, hey, Paul's saying, listen, that's great. If you want that to be a part of your religious experience in regard to your vertical relationship with God, that's great. But you're placing way too much emphasis on it. And, 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 if, and if you do all of this, but you don't love, but you don't have love, you're just making a lot of noise and it's not benefiting anybody and then he goes on to say in in verse 2 he says if i have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have faith that can move mountains but i do not love i'm nothing if i've got the gift of prophecy meaning i mean i can i can tell the future and i've got and, and i've got all the knowledge in the world to understand the scriptures and and i can explain the bible to you and you know i'm the smartest person in the room if if i got all of that going for me but i don't love and i don't have love towards towards you says i'm nothing and in the greek language directly translated into english that phrase i am nothing it literally means i am a nobody i'm a nobody i'm a nobody and then he continues, and, and he says, If I give all I possess to the poor, and I give over my body to hardship, that, that I may boast, but I do not have love, I, I gain nothing. And, you know, and you've probably heard like, phrases like you know, the prosperity gospel, prosperity teaching. It, I just, this is kind of the nail in the coffin on that. And I really can't get into it really right to now, but, but Paul is basically saying, basically saying, if you give to other people, just so that you can get something from other people in return, you're, 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 getting, you're, you're getting nothing from God. He says, if you give just to get something in return, you're, you're going to get nothing. The person, who, the person who gives to other people just so they can gain something in return, you really gain nothing. And really what Paul is probably saying, he's really just describing in these first three verses that, that he's making it clear that, that love, love is not this internal thing. It's not this internal feeling that we have. It's, it's not just, it, love isn't just this, this thing that exists between me and God in regard to this vertical relationship that I have with him. Love is this thing that needs to actually be displayed towards other people. Love is actually something that we do. And then Paul, he, Paul begins in verse 4, and he really, he really describes really like what, love, what, it, what it is, like what love looks out when it's lived out towards the people around us. He says in verse 4, he says, love is patient. And love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, and it's not proud. You know, love is like whenever you're more talented than me, whenever you're more successful than me, 
Whenever, you know, whenever you're the life of the party, whenever you tell the joke and everybody laughs or whenever somebody tells you a joke and you get it and I don't, you know, whenever your story gets a better reaction than my story, love does not, love is not jealous over those things. Love doesn't try to one-up the other person. You know, how about this? Love doesn't try to shut up the other person. That's not what love does. Love doesn't do those things. Love's patient, love's kind. And he goes on in verse five, he says, it does not dishonor others. Which means that, that if I go to do something and love kind of says, you know what, if you do this, it's going to bring dishonor on that other person. Love says, well, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do anything that dishonors you because if I dishonor you, that's me sinning against you. And that's not what love does. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And then this, this is huge. It keeps no record of wrongs. Whoo! I mean, like who could do that? Like, who could keep no record of wrongs? I mean, because, you know, like, like, that's the key to winning the next argument, right? It's like, I remember what you did three weeks ago so that whenever we're arguing about something that I did today, I can bring up three weeks ago and I just shut you down. I mean, isn't that just kind of how it works? I mean, like, that's, that's like, who, like, who could do that? Who could keep no record of wrongs? But wouldn't it be great if we were in a relationship with somebody who did not keep the record of wrongs? Who didn't, who didn't remember what I did a month ago just so they can throw it back in my face today? Wouldn't that be great? Paul is saying, that, well, that's, that's exactly what love does. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. And, and then this, this statement, which we'll come back to in a, in a few moments, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And then he kind of rattles off these four things that love, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. Now, in that last list of four things, you know, really, like with, within one of the, there's one things on, there's one thing in that list that if you pay attention to it, it is just really, really difficult to wrap your mind around, to wrap your heart around, to wrap your life around in regard to actually living it out. And it's the, and it's the phrase, it's that always trusts. Like when I first, when I first read it, I was like, always trust? Like Really? You know, I mean, I can, I can always, because I, I can always protect. You know, I can always protect you if it's, if it's I'm protecting you from yourself or, or from somebody else. Or even if you're wrong, I can still, I can still love you enough to try to protect you. And, and I can always hope, you know, I can always hope that, that things get better, that things improve. I can, I can always do that. And then that word persevere, that kind of implies that I'm going to be dealing with some challenges. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come across some hardship and some difficulty. And, and so I can persevere. I know what it's like to put one foot in front of the other and put your head down and just, just kind of just get through it. I, I know what that's like. But to always trust. I, I remember like when I first really kind of came, it was coming into an understanding of what this means. I, I thought, well, I, that's just stupid. And to always trust, that's actually really, like, that's really naive. That's really naive. And, and really what Paul is saying in this, like whenever you directly translate it from, from Greek, it, like to, this phrase always trust, it means, to, it means to always believe. It means to believe everything. And I mean, like, and that's, whew, to always believe, to believe everything? Like that, Paul, that's, that's, that's really, really difficult. But here's the deal. But, but, to, but, to, but to always believe, to believe everything, to always trust. This is, this, is, this is the choice that Paul is telling us that we need to make in regard to our relationships as it pertains to, 
to having a great relationship. This is, this is, this is the keystone habit. Love always defaults to trust. And this is a keystone habit. It's a keystone choice that all great couples make. Because in every relationship, not just romantic relationships, not just marriages, not just, not just you know, dating relationships, but just in all relationships, we all, we all have, there, there's, there's always this choice that we make. Because in all, great, in all relationships, no matter, no matter the type of relationship, there's like, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, but I, I, there's always, there's a lot of times there's a gap between what we expect you know, meaning like there's, there's a gap oftentimes between what we expect, what our expectations, you know, like, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll pick you up, I'll pick you up at six. You know, I, I'll, I'll be there, I'll be there at 630. I, I'm going to get the kids and, or, or I'll have dinner ready or I, I'll make sure I tell them or I'll make sure I bring it by your house. There's always, a, there's always a gap a lot of times between what we expect and what we actually experience, Right? There's a gap oftentimes between, between what we expect someone to do and what we experience, right? And anytime there's a gap between what you expect and what you experience, did you know you have a decision to make as to what you fill in this gap with? There's a decision that you make. You don't even know that you're making the decision. Sometimes you feel like you're just reacting to what happened in the moment, but the reality is... There's a decision that you make to put in the gap that stands between what you expected someone to do and what you actually experienced. There's a choice that you make, and you choose what to put in this gap. And you have one of two choices. You have one of two choices. And the choices that you can make is, is one, whenever there's a gap between what I expected and what I experienced, I, could cho I, ch I can choose to believe the best. I can believe the best, meaning, you know, I, I have no idea why, why, why he's late. I don't know why she hasn't called. I expected them to call, you know, at this time, but what I experienced was they, did, they didn't actually call at that time. I don't know why he didn't call. I don't know why she didn't text. I don't know why he didn't show up. I don't know why they didn't follow through, but, but when I get all of the information, I'm sure there's going to be a good explanation, and it's all going to make sense. You can choose to believe the best. Or, or, we assume the worst. You can believe the best, or we, we assume the worst, which is, I knew it. I, I knew he was going to do that. I knew she wasn't going to follow through. You know, truth be told, the moment they told me, I knew this wasn't going to work out the way that I thought it was going to work out. This, it's like clockwork. They always, they're always going to get it wrong. They're never going to deliver on it. Like, we can just assume the worst. I don't have all of the information, but I'm ticked off anyway. You can choose to believe the best, or we just, or we assume the worst. And here's what you need to know about, about the best couples that you know. The best couples that you know they always make the choice to choose to believe the best. They choose to make a habit of believing the best. It's a choice. 
They choose to make the... This is what it means to believe everything. This is what it means to believe, to always trust. This is what it means to, to like, to, to you know, and, and here's it. And I'm probably going to say this 10 more times in our time together today, but I really want to just drive it home. That it's like anytime there's a gap between what you expected and what you experienced, you can choose what you fill in the gap with. And you fill in the gap with either I believe the best about this person and their behavior or their actions, what they did, what they didn't do, or I'm going to assume the worst about this individual and what they did or didn't do. It's a choice that you make. And the best couples that you know, they make a decision to choose to believe the best about one another. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote and told us a couple of thousand years ago. But in the early 2000s, there was, there was a guy by the name of Marcus Buckingham, and, and he wrote a book called, called One Thing You Need to Know. And, it, and, it's a, and it's a book about it's a book about business management and, and and leadership development and becoming a better leader and a better manager. And in this book, he actually he actually uses a, using an illustration that you know to prove his point that actually kind of makes our point today. And and what he does is he 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 cites and he he kind of references a a twenty year case study, meaning this is a study that this group of people had done over the course of a couple of decades. And what they had done in this study is that all across the United States and Europe and Canada, they, they, this, this research group, they studied couples who were happy. Couples who had been together for a long amount of time and, and it, you know, and, and they kind of, they've kind of like, you know, they've, they've kind of like run the race and, you know, they've, they've made it through the long haul and, you know, they're still together. They still, they're still, they have a great relationship. They still love one another. And not only do they love one another, they actually still like each other. Because how many of us know that, like, sometimes, man, you can love the person, but you don't really like them in the moment. But, but these couples, these couples, these couples were happy. You know, they've been together for a certain amount of time, and, and they love each other. They still like each other. They got a great relationship. And, and so they studied, and what they're looking for is they're looking for this common denominator in, in these couples, this common denominator between all of these couples that span a couple of different countries. Like, what is it that, that, that's similar about them? You know, and, and these are, and again, these aren't couples that have been together for a short amount of time. These aren't couples that are just gutting it out. You know, they're just staying together because of the kids, or or we would probably split up, but you know, it's just really expensive. And no, not not these couples, couples that actually have have like been together for a long period of time, and they still love each other and they still like each other. And so and so they did this study on them. What's the common denominator? Like, what what do all of these couples have in common that all these years into this relationship, their relationship is still great and they love each other and they like each other? That's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, like, like, and like, you know, like we we probably should have just charged admission for today because this is just good information. This is just good information. But so they did this study. Like, what's the common denominator? And, and really, as they went into the study, they they had a they had an assumption. They had an assumption about like you know about what it might look like and about what it might be and and the assumption was that you know the, the reason these couples are still together is because over the course of time they've just kind of made a decision that they've kind of they've kind of just realized that he's not as great as, as I thought she as I thought he was or or she's not as great as I thought she was and so I'm just going to lower my expectations because my expectations at the beginning were just too high so I'm going to lower my expectations, and because I lower my expectations, I've got a more realistic view of, of who my husband is or who my wife is. And, and, so, and, so, and because I lowered my expectations, this is how we can kind of make it through because I don't expect too much of you. But what they found in this study was actually the exact opposite. The exact opposite. In this study, they asked each couple a lot of different questions. They asked one another a lot of different questions, you know, about themselves, about the other person in the relationship, and... and 
and, and, they, had, and they had the opportunity to, to rate one another you know, on a scale of one to ten or, you know, and so like, and, and what they discovered is that, is that whenever they were asking these, these people about the other person, about their spouse, about the other person in the relationship, in almost every single category, the person rated or ranked the other person in the relationship, their spouse, in almost every category, higher than they rated themselves. Is in almost in every category, in almost every category, they they viewed the other person as being a better person than than they thought themselves to be. And really they kind of just discovered that that man, like these, these people, as they're answering these questions, that they have like a really, really unrealistically positive like outlook and view on the other person. And really kind of one of the things that they even discovered is that love must really be blind. Because like these people don't even seem to see or recognize the, dis- the deficiencies or the shortcomings in the other person in the relationship. Like, it's like, man, I, like, it, it's like they had this unrealistically positive view of the other person in the relationship. And really, like, ultimately, like, what this kind of created, they kind of called it, the, they kind of called it, it kind of created this, this upward spiral of love. And I know, like, upward spiral of, like, that's just weird, and it's just, it sounds kind of creepy, but, but really, like, the way it worked was is that, is that because, because, because they had this idea and this belief about the other person, that over time it created conviction so that, so that it wasn't just this idea, but this idea that they had that this, oh man, he is so great. Best man I know. She's the greatest woman I've ever met. It just developed this conviction that ultimately over time led to them, it not just being an idea or conviction, but they actually began to really believe it about the other person. And because, and because this conviction about, about how great the other person was, it, it created this really high sense of security about the relationship. And this high sense of security led to a high level of trust. And a high level of trust led to a high level of intimacy. And a high level of intimacy led to a high level of love. And then love just reinforced the conviction, which reinforced, which reinforced the security, which reinforced the trust, which reinforced intimacy. And so it just kind of just continued to just build on top of one another. And it just kind of continued to get better and better and better as the years went on, which gives us this, this upward spiral of love. And ultimately, kind of what, and kind of whenever they realized this, they they really ultimately kind of came to a conclusion. And this conclusion, I'm going to admit, it's a little bit naive, but the conclusion that they came to was that in in a relationship, in a relationship, pretty much what you need to do is in regard to the other person, and in regard to to the actions of the other person. They said they said the recommendation in the relationship was to find the most generous explanation. Find the most generous explanation for, for the other person in the relationship's behavior and then choose to believe it. Find the most generous explanation for their behavior and choose to believe it. This is what, this is what, what it means to just believe all things. This is what it means to always believe the best and to always trust. Just, just come up with a good explanation for why they did what they did or didn't do and then just choose to believe it. Now, that sounds really, really naive, and, and, it, and I know you're probably thinking, well, if that's all it takes is just, is just to come up with a good explanation for what they did or didn't do and then just believe it. If that's all it takes, you know, just, you know, Will, just give me some ruby red slippers. I'll click my heels three times. I'll read my Bible, and my relationship will be great. I mean, like, and, and I know, I, and, and, and let's just be real. There are some, there, there are some challenges with this, I know. 
I've been a pastor for a while, and, and I've met with couples of all kinds, dating relationships. I've, I've done premarital counseling with, with a, a, a countless numbers of couples, and, and I, I've walked with married couples through some difficult things. And so, so I'm, not, I'm not super naive to believe it's just that easy. I know there are some challenges with, with this, and, and we'll identify a couple of those challenges in just a moment, but I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to, I, I don't want you to miss it. The point of it is, is that, is that any time there is a gap between what you expected and what you experienced, you have a choice as to what you put in the gap. And you can choose to either believe the best, or you can assume, you can assume the worst. You can assume the worst. I don't, I don't really want you to just to, to miss that is the choice now again there are there are challenges with with just just come up with a good explanation and choose to believe there's some challenges with that and one of the challenges that we that we encounter with that i mean let's just be real one of the challenges is is in fact what we experience right like like what we experience is is one of the challenges to that because you know it's like well like well yeah well i get it but like but he did it again like she did it again it's like clockwork. I know that they're never going to, because of what I've experienced in the past, they're not, they're not going to live up and they're not going to deliver on what they said. Like, I, like, I, it's so like, I mean, it's like what we experience is a challenge to actually believing the best about somebody. I know. And, and then another obstacle that we face is, let's just be honest, is, is whenever you enter into a relationship, you bring who you are into the relationship. Right? Because, I mean, if we're all going to be honest, whenever we, entered into a, whenever we entered into that relationship or whenever you enter into a relationship, like, you're not entering into that relationship with a blank slate. You're not entering into any relationship, like, as, as, as a clean slate. Like, anytime we enter into a relationship, like, we're bringing with us, like, our baggage and our, our insecurities and our fears and, 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 the, and, the, and the wounds from the previous relationship. When I bring, when I come, like, I'm, I'm bringing in my father wounds, my mother wounds, my, my previous employer wounds. Like, we, we just kind of bring, we bring that into a relationship. It's just, it, it's just... It's just, it's just part of life. It's, we kind of bring in our history, and we bring in our fears and our insecurities and our worries. We do. We can't, we can't help it. We can't help it. And, and here's the deal. And because, and because of that, and because we do that, there are certain things that happen in a relationship that trigger certain things inside of us. It triggers certain things inside of us. And so here's what, but here's what you need to know, is that even with all of your stuff, even with all of your baggage, anytime there's a gap between what you expected and what you experienced, it's still your choice as to what you put inside of that, that gap. Believe the best or assume the worst. Now, I, I, and I get it, it is, it's difficult. And, and, and listen, and, here, and here's the deal. I'm just kind of going to dig into this a little bit. And here's, and, and, here, and here's why all of that matters. Even with, all of your, even with all of your baggage, even with all of your stuff, you know, I, I know it's difficult. But here's the thing. It, here, here's why. That, it's because suspicion, suspicion is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Suspicion is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Simply put, is that if all if you are if all you ever do is assume the worst, you will discover the worst, even if there's nothing to discover. Like if you're always looking for something wrong with that person, or if you're always looking for them to do something wrong, odds are over time you're going to uncover something wrong, even if there's really nothing to uncover. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like we, we kind of, like, it's we, we, we set this, we set this, we, we set this kind of, we create this environment and we set the stage for the other person in the relationship to fail 
even if they're really never doing anything wrong because, and if you enter into a relationship with, with low trust because of your past, or if you enter into a relationship with low trust because of a previous relationship, like, you're, you're kind of you're setting the stage. You're setting the stage to experience the thing that you fear most. And even with that, even with that, it's, and so like, and, 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 and so in a relationship, here's the deal, in a relationship, you have to pay attention to who you are more than you pay attention to what the other person does. Pay attention to who you are more than you pay attention. And, and I know both of those things are important. But I mean, but let's be real. It, like, it's so much easier to focus on what he did and what she said so that I can kind of like, ha ha, I gotcha, you know, rather than, rather than me just focusing on, on who I am in the relationship, right? It's just really easy. To, it's just so much easier to do that. But, so, but, but, but we still get to choose. We get to choose what we fill in the gap between what we expected and what we experienced. And so we kind of with all of that in mind, and all of that as a setup, I want to go back to a couple of verses that we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and just kind of lean into that principle about what we get to choose. And going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6, Paul writes, he says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. You know what that means? That means that, means that, that, means that love isn't trying to catch the other person doing something wrong. Love doesn't spend its time making a case against you just so that I can throw it back in your face the next time it benefits me. Remember we said love doesn't keep a record of wrongs? Paul is saying, like, listen, love is not trying to just like, lay a trap so that you, I, can, I can catch you in, some, in doing something. That's not what love does. Instead, what does love do? Love, in verse 7, says love, it always protects. What is it protecting? It's protecting the relationship. Love is protecting the relationship against suspicion. Love is protecting the relationship against, against low trust. Love is just looking out for the relationship. And then love always trusts, meaning that it just believes all things. It just, it just defaults to, it just, love chooses a generous explanation. And then love always, it, it always hopes. And I love this, love always trends towards the positive. I'm not just constantly looking for negative things to point out. Love, love trends towards the positive. And then love always perseveres. Meaning that I, like, we're, we're going to face some difficulty. There are going to be some negative things that we experience in our relationship. And there are going to be moments where we have to have difficult conversations. But love chooses to persevere in the face of those things. Love chooses to move forward. And to face the difficult things, to have the conversations. And that's what love does. And so, so here's the question. So in, just based on who you are, based on your personality, like based on just who you are and like, what, what do you choose? What do you choose? Do you, are you the type of person that chooses to believe the best? I, 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 don't, I don't know why he's late. I don't know why she hasn't called. I don't know why he, he hasn't texted me, but... But I don't have all of the information, so I'm going to choose to believe the best about this person. And when I have all of the information, like I know there's going to be, a, I know there's going to be a good explanation. Or do you just assume the worst? He better have a good explanation. I don't know where he is. He hadn't called. He hadn't texted. And whenever he shows up, I, like before I know what the situation is and what I like, I'm just mad. 
Do you choose to believe the best or do you, or do you assume the worst? Because it's your choice. It's your choice. And I, and I just want you to know, regardless, regardless of, of what your past experience has been in relationships, regardless of, of who you're in a relationship with, regardless of what he's like or what she's like or what he's done or, or what she hasn't done, like it's still your choice to believe the best or to assume the worst. And besides, and besides, like if, if you if you if you opt not to not to protect and not to trust and not to hope and not to per, like what are your other options? Like, are, are you, we can just kind of like play with that verse a little bit. I mean, are, are you going to choose the options to love always delights in uncovering mistakes? Love love thrives on speculation. Love just assumes the worst. And love embraces doubt. Like, is, is, that, is, that what, is that your option? I mean, could you imagine just sitting down with your kids or your future kids and, you know, and they're engaged and they're getting ready to be married and, and you sit down with them and you're, and you're giving them advice about what it looks like to have a, like a really successful relationship? You know, is your advice going to be, all right, well, honey, here's the deal. This is what you do. You lay a trap and you wait for him to step in it. And then you're just like, gotcha. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is, is that your advice for a great relationship? Always be on the lookout, honey. Like, always, always try to catch him in something. Always try to catch her in something. Like, no, that's not going to be your advice for a successful relationship, for a great relationship. No, that's not going to be your advice at all. Your advice is going to be, you know what? Always protect one another. Your advice is going to be, is going to be to trust one another. Your advice is to, is to always, is always have hope in one another and, and, and to persevere through the difficult times. That's going to be your advice. So for today, like your, your assignment or, or what it is that I want you to do today and, 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 just, and just this week, just this week, is that, is, that, is that even if nine times out of ten this week there's no good explanation, would you just choose to trust this week? Would you just make the decision? If, if there's a difference between what you expected and what you experienced, would you just choose to believe the best this week? Choose a good explanation when you don't have all of the information and just believe the best about that person. And here's the deal. And whenever you choose to believe the best about someone, you're choosing to accept them. So, so know that. And, 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 and if, I, if, I, if, if, I, if I want, if I want, if I want you to feel like you're accepted by me, well, then what I do is I communicate that I trust you. Well, I trust you. I trust you. And, and when I trust you, it lets you know that, that it lets you know and it communicates that that, that I'm accepting of you. And everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to be accepted by the person that they love and they admire and they respect the most. And what it takes to feel that is, is trust. And I'm telling you, and whenever you, whenever you create an environment of high trust in your relationship, What, what God can do in and through your relationship 
You know what? Whenever you create a whenever you create a high level of trust in your relationship, your relationship will actually become everything that you've ever hoped, dreamt, and desired it to be. Amen. And here's what's really great is is what Paul describes for us in regard to what we're supposed to live out towards other people. Love is patient and love is kind. Love isn't envious. It's not self-serving. Love always, always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. That same love that Paul is telling us that we need to live out towards other people, it's the same love that God loves you with. Is that even at your worst, your heavenly father believes the best about you. Your heavenly father always has hope for you. And your heavenly father is willing to persevere through the difficult moments of life whenever you've turned your back on him or whenever you felt like you're not good enough. He's always persevering. He's always running towards you, just asking you to love him in return and to place your trust in him. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you so much today. And we thank you for the love that you have for us. A love that's always kind. It's always patient. It always believes the best. It always perseveres. And God, I pray that the same love that you've you've shown us, I pray, Father, that it's the same love that we extend to other people. God, help us to trust today. Help us to always believe the best and and make the decision to, to believe the best whenever we're faced with varying degrees of I expected this, but I experienced this. And, and in this gap between those two things, I'm going to choose to believe the best. I'm going to choose to believe the best. And I pray, Father, that as we, as we make the decision to trust, as we make the decision to, to just always believe, God, I'm praying that you will do something in the relationships here. God, whether it's a dating relationship, whether it's an engaged relationship, whether it's a marriage. Father, I pray now for the people who, who are single and are not yet in a relationship. Father, I pray that they would, that they would begin to posture themselves and, and prepare themselves so whenever they do enter into a relationship, Father, that they live out the type of love that, we've, that, we, that we're talking about. And God, today I pray that, God, I pray for the person today that, that has never received this type of love from you. Today, with every head bow, every eye closed, if, if that's you, if you've never received this type of love from your heavenly Father, a love that's patient, a love that's kind, a love that always protects, and a love that, and a love that just perseveres and hopes for the best and sees the best in you, if you've never received this love from your heavenly Father, you've never placed your faith in Jesus, and that's a decision that, that you want to make today. Like, I, I would like to know that. I, I want to pray for you. We want to help you take your next steps and what it looks like to actually follow Jesus. If that's you and you say, I want to receive this love from God today and give my life to Jesus, place my faith in him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and let me know? I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray with you. I just want to help you. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we love you so much today. And Father, for anybody that's choosing to place their faith in you today, Father, we ask you, God, to, to guide them and to give them wisdom and to lead them, Father.
God, help them to recognize just how much you believe in them and just how much you love them and just how much you, you, you have hope and you have purpose for them. And God, I pray that today, God, as they're placing their faith in you, Father, that God, that, that, God, that you're igniting and you're beginning a brand new life and a brand new perspective and a brand new way of living, God, right now. And Father, we pray all these things and we believe all of these things and we thank you in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Can we put our hands together for people that have given their life to Jesus? Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. To stay in the know with Gateway City Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, visit us online to select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening to this week's message.